In today's episode, Dave interviews Eric Honeycutt. Eric is a veteran improviser, actor, improv coach, and acting teacher who's performed at Austin's Out of Bounds Comedy Festival, the North Carolina Arts Festival, and weekly in Iowa's West, The Reckoning. Eric is a member of the Lincoln Center Theater Directors Lab, teaches with the prestigious Steppenwolf Classes West, Second City, Warner Laughlin Studios, and Iowa West. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. You know, the idea of you bought my car and then you just fucking abandoned the fucking car. And then I'm going, what do you mean? And then I had to really think about it like, oh, so when I got the parking permit for the neighborhood, you know, around Sears in Chicago, um, I got the parking permit. I'm going, oh, I don't, I never, I don't know those. Yeah. And this guy went off to fucking Hawaii. Uh-huh. That's what he did. He fucking yeah, he moved abandoned there. the car. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Moved and moved to Hawaii. He moved to Hawaii. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I couldn't find him because he's in motherfucking Hawaii. In those days, I'm not wasting any time swearing. In those <laughs> days, you didn't have the internet. So if some, you couldn't find somebody, you could you go off the grid. You can go off the grid. Well, there wasn't that, really a grid. Yeah. It was a loose grid. It was a loose grid. There was a grid, but it meant something else. He was like, he's on the grid. He's on the grid. It meant trigonometry. Yeah, he's on the grid. Um, no, I got bit because I thought I was savvy because I moved to Chicago from North Carolina, drove a car up there. Didn't pay any parking tickets with my North Carolina plates. Got Illinois plates. Thought, oh, they can't track that. Two weeks before I leave to move to LA, they match the VIN numbers. <laughs> Got a boot. I mean, it's the same car, just different plates. They managed to match up the VIN numbers on those tickets. Eleven or twelve hundred bucks. That's not conducive to a move to drop that kind of money right before you leave town. <laughs> I was in Amsterdam and uh, I watched somebody boot a car in Amsterdam right off of a canal. And then I was just sitting there. Oh, I was having coffee, and I watched a guy boot. A, I watched somebody boot a car, and then they, you know, they drove off. And then this guy comes up. He looks at the boot, and he just walks away. I mean, it's his car. I saw him like getting in the trunk, he popping gave up. the trunk, and he looked around. He walked away. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I mean, I I wanted to see some kind of like throwing down your thing and fucking jumping in the canal. And this is what I realized. This is what I said. And I told the story to somebody, and they said, "Oh, you don't get a parking ticket here. You get the boot." Meaning there's no, there's no strike one. No. It's just you straight no. up and get the no. boot. No, you get the fucking boot. You get the boot. Well, that's actually, that'll force you to pay it right away as opposed to the situation we're talking about, which is it accumulates. It'll also, yeah, and it'll also force you to, to do things like don't fucking park in. Yeah, right. You know, don't do that. you're not going to get to go anywhere for a while. Uh, But this thing that I did in Chicago that cost me $100 for this ticket, $100 for this ticket, um, I looked at the signs. I mean, I looked at the signs. I looked at the Well, so it wasn't an expired meter. It was a... I have no, no idea what parking. happened. All that I know is, you know, yeah, it's $100. What am I going to do? Yeah. Because what am I going to do? So you resign yourself. You go, okay, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. You I, have to just budget in. Like, yeah. You know, $500 of crime a year. I have... <laughs> Low-level crime. All right. I have an ex-girlfriend who owes me $2,300. And I just have this feeling it's a write-off. That's a lot of money. It's 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 a lot of money. I've never been owed that kind of money by anybody. Well, I was being a nice guy. Sure. And then it was like, oh, and then a quick couple of weeks later, it's like, oh, no, I can't be with you anymore. So it was a lot of money. And then when that happens, you go, okay, so right now she says, oh, I'll get it to you in October. I'm like, okay. Oh, this is still. Oh, it's fucking just conversation. happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. People yeah. probably know who I'm talking about. But you I go, don't. you go, um, okay. Uh, it's October. It's the end of October, and this is what I have to do. I got to call you up or email mm. you, right? That face, like mm. I have to call you up or email you, and about and, money, about money, and you are so mad at me now, and it's you owing me money. Oh, and but here's the interesting thing about this: is the idea of knowing that you're being cognizant of. How can I say this? Knowing that you, at any moment you can pull the trigger, and for a period of time make your life miserable. That being, I can I will email her and know that there's going to be two week period oh, yeah. of that of going, I get to be mindful of I'm about to do something that will cause me cause me it'd be unpleasant exactly. for a while. Cause me to be unpleasant. So now you're in a cost benefit of is it worth twenty three hundred dollars to not be miserable for two weeks. Right. But there's also this thing like what the moment that she pays me off, she's out of my life. For the most part. Ah. So but, now we've got to linger. We've got right. a monetary linger in an unpleasant... We have a monetary linger yeah. in an unpleasant. And again, it's that feeling... I say that um, like that's a thing. Well, you just created it. It's a monetary linger. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people must have a monetary linger because when you yeah. think about... I bet there's somebody... For me, that guy that we were talking about 
you know, who took the car and abandoned the car. There's a monetary linger there that I've written off. It was a mental. You've written it off. I, I wonder if he remembers that at all. I bet he doesn't remember it at all. But I did a mental write-off, a, a mental write-off of a monetary linger. Oh, so sure. You go, you know, well, you at some point you go, I have, this is not worth the time and energy. That Isn't that interesting? Time. And it's also the idea of. 2300 is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And then, and your, 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 uh, Yes, what you, when you keep saying, when you're in repetition of that particular piece of architecture, um, what ends up happening is I go, oh, then not my, then my kinesthetic response, that is my palm sweat and shit like that. But it is money, and it might be worth that payoff to go, you know what? That's money. That's my money. That's my money. Yeah, because that's almost $200 a month for a year. It, what it also is, it's also, this is what I was thinking, it's also, and somebody told me I shouldn't do this, but... Um, I want to be cremated. Not now, because I've got a bunch of stuff to do. Like, I want to finish this podcast. So that's the cost of... That, <laughs> that is... It, that, that is how that, you want to be... It's a little more It's a little more than that, because I did... Earlier this year, and I mentioned in the podcast before, earlier this year, I said, who's going to take care of my remains? I don't so want... So you did that whole thing. What's that? You did it? You looked into it? And I looked into it, and uh, my, my, my uh, sister's best friend you know, works in a... Does this for a living. Uh -huh. And she said, I get your friends and family rate. And so now I got a friends and family, right? But sure. you, you got to do something. With, I, I'm single. Yeah, you got to figure out, like, what am I going to do with me? What are they going to do with yeah, me? Yeah, what is someone else going to do with me? And who, what, who are they? And who are they? Yeah. But what am I going to do with me so that they know what to do with and me? And so it doesn't become a burden. Right, exactly. Because you, you hear so many stories. It was like, and then my uncle died. And it's like, oh, we're going to get this money. And then you realize, oh, my God, he owed the mafia a million dollars. Now I'm on the lamb. There's your movie if you want. That is a good movie. Yeah. It's a monetary linger. That's it's a monetary about. linger. It's a transference of a monetary yeah. linger. The transitive because property. Like, yeah. yeah, the transitive property of a is monetary right? linger. Sure. Geometry? Sure. Transitive property. Isn't is that, that geometry? A is to B is B is to C? So A uh, yeah, is yeah, to yeah. C? Is that right? Yeah. I did not do... Well, geometry I did okay. What's that? Algebra I was not good at. I loved... I took algebra I three math. times in college. On I purpose? failed twice. Oh. And then the third time, I had the right teacher. Mm. But it's a matter of having the right teacher. I did not have the right teacher. That's the whole thing. Because right now, I'm, I'm thinking about the classes that I have. I'm thinking about the students that I have. And I don't know what you're doing. I think that you and I are very similar in what it is that we teach because you have the background of both uh, improvisation and acting viewpoints, mm -hmm, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. And there are a lot of people right now that I have, students that I have, where the work that we're doing, they're going, oh, nobody explained it to me in that way. Now, maybe that happens with all teachers, but uh, I believe that people are, like, the stuff that I'm doing, and maybe the stuff that you're doing as well, it's different than what's being taught. Yeah, I hope so. Don't you think? I hope so. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I hope it's simpler. That's what I think. I think, I think it's like simpler. Ele more elegant and simpler is sort of... I'm also looking at a lot of the rules that are being thrown out and saying, that, that have been tossed about and guidelines and rules, improv guidelines and rules, are saying, why? Yeah. Why? If why, I've seen why it no? work without that rule, then why is it a rule? Like if I've seen I live my life without that succeed, rule. Yeah, right. You know? Like, here's this rule. Don't do it. Okay, except for all those times I've watched the thing you're saying not to do work. Exactly. So it's not a rule. And then the moment that you say that it's a rule, and it's true of anything else, the moment that you say that it's a rule, the, mo the moment that you say, when you tell me that it's a rule, the moment that I... Uh, reach that point of of that being placed in front of my face, like an opportunity, like don't say no, and right. then somebody says something, go, oh, First this is you're it. gonna do right. Like, like I want now, I want to do it and make it work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to do the exactly. Thing yeah. I want to do it and make it work. I yeah. think that we re we reach a point. I think for me, I reach a point where I go, um, I don't need. I don't, when you left IO, or when I left IO, because I don't teach there anymore either, for no reason other than I evolved. When I left IO, it was really nice to not, and you're teaching for Aaron Krebs now, right? Yeah, I teach a scene study through. Him. Okay, yeah. so when you're doing your own gig, you are answering to no one, mm -hmm. but the students and you and your concept of what it is that you're teaching. Do you understand mm -hmm. what I mean when I say that? Mm -hmm. So it's the idea of, oh, I don't know, what, is something going to happen in class, and you'll go, what is that? And so that will be, it's not, oh, I have to follow through on these rules by this particular entity being sure. I.O. or Second City or whatever it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, I think that, 
I think I look to them a little more than I would in another setting. This, uh, well, whoever's in the room, you know, I'm uh -huh. like, well, I don't know. Let's work on. Let's figure it out. Let's mess about with that, as opposed to we got to push through and find this thing because I got to do the I got to do something else next week. Right. You know, it's like we can spend the next three weeks with this question. And wow, that's so it's so luxurious. Yeah. And nice. then it becomes an art project. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's a nice way to think of it. It becomes something that we're going to be working on. Yeah, yeah, something we're working on as opposed to pushing to end result. Or right, counter. right. Somebody was saying that um, one particular school out here, no, I think it was one school in New York where it was this ragtag bunch of teachers through this, through this theater together, and then they threw the theater together, and people started to join in and loved to be taking classes there, mm -hmm. and then it started to get codified, and this ragtag bunch of people suddenly became codifiers and definers, and that which was so loosey-goosey and allowed the students to explore in a certain way, they couldn't do anymore because there's a codification of this is level one, this is level two, this is level three. But what you're doing and what I'm doing isn't necessarily that. Yeah, because I don't think... I'm necessarily interested in it being repeatable session after session. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to, in the independent stuff, I don't necessarily need to. Your be, stuff, in your yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't necessarily yeah. need to be able to do it again. Right. Isn't there something about, and again, I, what, this really enters into the question of, as artists, what's our brand? Because as a teacher, you're an artist. Mm -hmm. And so, I look at that and I go, is it important for me to, to define what my brand is? Oh, you know, uh, uh, Eric Honeycutt teaches this particular, er, oh, you want that, you go to Eric. Right, right, right. I hope not, because I'd hate to have to live up to that ad infinitum. Well, isn't it also, though, isn't it also that you have your style? Stop. Yeah, and I guess that's the biggest question, are they the same thing? Like, is a teaching style the same thing as a... Well, like I guess brand is teaching style and area of expertise combined, right? Right. So I hope the areas of expertise continue to grow, even if the style doesn't change too much. Well, that's the whole thing, to be able to look at your students as, as the, not the arbiters of whether you're doing it right or not, but as the, the because they're collaborators. Mm -hmm. The students are collaborators with mm -hmm. you, where you go, I have this idea. And I think that that's what kept Dell going. Is, is he would come in and go, I have this idea to bring this in today. And just bounce it off. And then bounce it off and say, let's try this. And the idea of let's try this. Yeah. Which always gets me because people would say, I've heard somebody say, a Dellite, say, I don't think Dell would go for that. I'm like, hmm. what the fuck are you talking about? Of all the people that I know, he would throw something up. He'd come in and go, oh. I saw Paisley today. We're going to work on Paisley. And you go, all right. Whatever that means. Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. I like that idea. Paisley? Uh, uh, let's try this always being the because umbrella under the, which you live, you know? Right. Because you're looking at the world saying, oh, what's that? Yeah, and I, I think... I don't know if this. I don't know if you think about this, but I think a lot about like, am I bored with what I'm doing in a classroom? And if I, if the answer is at all yes, then I'm. That's bad. Mm -hmm. So how do you shake it up? Take from other places and try to find a way to infuse it. You know, I feel like it's probably like learning to cook increasingly difficult cuisines based on a fundamental set of skills. Right. You know, like let me just push. It's almost like, can I pull this off? Can I pull off teaching this? <laughs> you know, like I read something and I go, this is, I've only heard this once, but I'm going to try to figure out how to use it. And the people in the room are the... They're well, collaborators. But also the guinea pigs of... Clearly. I'm pretend I know what I'm talking about. Oh, that's exactly it. And see if I can make the... See if I can make the connections between the stuff I've spent more time doing. I don't know. No, that's exactly what I do too. Where, you, where I, I... And every day I'm open toward that thing where, uh, okay, I'll, I'll be... Drive, I'll be thinking about, oh, i got a class tomorrow. Which I, no, I don't have a class tomorrow because I'm going to New York. But I normally have a, I historically have a class on Wednesday. So I would go, I would think about, what did I do this week? Mm -hmm. 
and what got me excited about what I did this week. So if I did something like you know shopping at Trader Joe's, I will find a way to teach an improv class, not about shopping, but maybe about choices, or about interaction, spatial relationship, architecture, mm -hmm. like that sort of thing. So I will use that. Or if I did a show and I really loved a move that was made, to say how was that move made and then throw that into the class. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, that to me is the, the counterweight to boredom. It's like me going, I saw this thing somewhere, whether it's related to the work we do or not, and it made me think about what we do in a different way. Is it just me? Or are other people vibing on that too? And the what? only way to find that out, I think, is to take it out of headspace and put it in a room full of people and go, let's bat this ball of yarn around and see what the hell happens. Isn't it awesome what we get to do? It's. I, I am always ready for someone to come in and go, okay, uh, this is not, you're supposed to be delivering more product and not just <laughs> batting around yarn with a room full of people, but no one has yet, so I'll keep doing that. I totally agree. The idea of, I want somebody to go, I've done this. Yeah. We've done this. I'm like, when have you done, you've done that? When did you done that? How was that done? Yeah. When did you done? Because, and that hasn't happened yet. Right. What people end up saying is, you know what? This really made me think about black, or this made me really think about this. And I write down all of that. Oh, good I write for you. all of it down. I write some of it down. Well, I've got, you know, this, this Evernote app. Uh, do you know what that is? I know what it is. Um, and most people are, are intimidated I'm by intimidated it. I'm intimidated by yeah. it. Yeah. So what it is is essentially just notebooks that you throw, you, you, that you throw information in. And it, so when you have it on an iPad, you have it, you get it, you get, I have a premium one, so it means on my iPad, my, I, my iPhone, and the Mac, I will have it under exercises saying this new exercise, or have a notebook that will say, this is what I did in Tucson 2014, mm -hmm. so when I go to Tucson 2015, I can look at Tucson 2014 and see what I did. Or if I'm in London, and I'll say, okay, at the end of my London gig, once I get paid, I'll close that notebook out, throw it into archives, but give myself some notes saying, live here, go here, do that, renegotiate that, and that'll throw all that up. That's uh, organized. Well, what it is, it's also, but it's organized in a way where I get excited about it, not yeah. that I have to do it. Yeah. I just have a stack of composition books in a corner. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen you do that. I've seen you do that. I've there seen you throw no them down. I've seen you walk around. Just yeah. And writing shit down. I've seen you do that. Yep. But there's no, there's no going back to it. Or inventory is, is there or any going back to it? Occasionally. They're at uh -huh. least dated, but they're like a year at a time. Right. <laughs> Getting right. through whatever. Right. Happen in that year. So this thing where you just got to, at the end of the day, you write it down, you put it down, but you know, it really, it really helps me define, again, it's not defining my brand, but it's saying it helps me move forward. And then I can also look back mm. the, on these and say, there was an exercise that I came up with. And if I come up with something that I'm really excited about, I leave the space at, you know, at theater asylum, I leave the space, I get in my car and I immediately fucking put it in there because I'm not going to remember it. Yeah. The number of things I've forgotten a couple of times. But then you get really excited about it the moment you go, oh yeah, I used to do that, that thing. thing. How did that fucking yeah. work? How did yeah. that work? And I really also feel blessed that there are students that keep coming to my dropping classes. Mm -hmm. uh, because those are the classes where I say, Paisley. And I walk in that class and we work on Paisley. And then I'm going, wow, that really worked. Now I can put it, because I also, yes, I guess I'm very organized. I also have a workshop description catalog sheet sheets and so when anybody wants to know what it is that I do I write it up send it off and they see it business that, yeah you're I'm a business goddamn man. business that's, that's business. what happened though are you a businessman no how could you not be a businessman what are you I don't know but I'm not a, I can tell you right now I'm not a businessman what makes you are you even close am I even close are you close to being a businessman no. you're not close to being a business no I don't do what money well or like business, or I don't, or I don't do that stuff well, or I don't think I do. Oh, I see. That's it. And you see me go. What? I've decided. That. <laughs> you decided that. How's that working out for you? Um, uh, you know, because I, I, for me, I look at it. Do you, do you audition anymore? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm relying on my wits and my business acumen, which I discovered through the process of doing this. Yeah. That. That's that's how I make my money. Yeah, which is probably why, you know, you're able to 
make a living. You know? I am. Yeah. I am. I am. And I think the interesting thing is, I look at what it is that I'm doing, and then when I hear people go, I don't know how I'm going to make rent. I'm like, well, what the fuck do you do? What do you do? Or I don't know what I'm going to... I, I want to grab some people by the shoulders or wherever they, I, I'm able to grab them and shake them and say, stop stopping yourself. Stop stopping yourself. Mm. Start starting yourself. Or start realizing you're in the middle of this fucking thing. I look at Alex, Alexandra Billings, and I see the life that she has led because I think that she is the best example of someone that has consistently, in the times that I've known her, said yes. Sure. And, and she sat in that chair, and my first question to her was, what's fear to you? Oh, what did she say? And she said, I'm scared all the fucking time, uh. but I live in that fear. And she does not let that fear stop her. And it doesn't look like that. And that's the interesting thing is that ownership doesn't re, or at least to me. What do you mean? I would never think that that was true. You would never think that she lives in fear? Nope. Oh, the way that she put it, it was like, she fucking lives it. She lives in fear. I believe that. Mm -hmm. I just would never be able to pin it uh -huh. as an observer, as an outside person, Uh huh. which is cool. That the thing be simultaneously true, right? That another person receives it as fearlessness or some version of that. And when she articulates it, it's, no, this is what it is. It's fear. I think that's amazing. It's the idea of what's your relationship to fear. Yeah. Because I, in, I, that, again, that FDR thing, when I say again, I mentioned it before in the podcast, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And I think to me what that means is the only thing we have to fear is the concept of fear itself. So she has a relationship with fear, and her relationship with fear is not, fuck you, I can't have you in my life. It's, you're in my life. Always. Always. So what are you going to do about it? If you're living yeah. in, if you live with medication the way that she lives with medication, you are constantly in a state of, at any moment, I can have a rea reaction to these chemicals that sure. I'm taking in. Or at any moment, they can stop making these things. Hmm. I never thought of that. So that's the life that you're living in. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got that hanging, dangling over you. But again, what's your relationship with that fear that you've got going on? Because I believe also that the work that you and I have done, and i got to say, you're one of my favorite people to play with. I fucking oh, love it. I love, I love it every fucking time. And I was just thinking about the time that we got those costumes then I became. Oh God, that was uh, so stupid. It was so fucking stupid, and I was your girlfriend, and I had a blonde wig and a muumu mustaches. I remember. yeah, exactly. It was just the fucking stupidest thing. But it was like we're doing this, yeah. so we have a relationship with fear itself as well. Because what you perceive as fear, and what I perceive as fear, and what Alexandra Billings perceives as fear, and what everybody else perceives as fear, everybody has their own relationship to that. Yeah, and at times it's really. Activating, I think. Activating mean inspiring? Yes, but I don't think necessarily in the sunbeams from heaven way. Sometimes it's a real hard, like, kick in the ass inspiring. Well, inspiring doesn't, I mean, I, we both know this. Inspiring isn't sunbeams yeah. and rainbows and all that yeah. all the time. I mean, very seldom for me it, it is. More along the lines of there are certain situations that inspire me that were the darkest of all right. situations. Because right. those sunshine and sunbeam things are like, oh, that worked out well. Yeah, that's great. But I think equally valuable is that moment where you go, okay, something's got to change. Something's go something has changed. Something right. has changed. Something and has I changed. Am not, I am not present in it until this moment. And now i got to figure out, okay, so if that's true, then what else? Right, exactly. Yeah. If that happened, what then now? what's my yeah. response to it? Yeah. Um, and what I loved about what I love about the viewpoints is the concept of compulsion and working through compulsion, not working through ego. And that that is the main thing that I've learned from working with the viewpoints. I don't want anybody who doesn't know it to think that like it's the forum or landmark, but it's just a, uh, how would you describe it? That's the hardest thing for me is to describe what it is. For me, I say it's a nine point system that 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 defines everything. <laughs> You know, and people go, oh, now I understand. Oh, okay, great. That totally makes sense to uh, me. The experience of it for the first time, which was being in Alex's class as a student, um, was 
it felt like someone had shown me a color, like give me a word for a color I'd been seeing, but didn't know what to call it. Exactly. Like I'm like, oh, I've been seeing this color all along, and I didn't realize other people could see it, and now you're telling me what it's called. Awesome. Now I can. It actually, I think it legitimized things I'd been feeling in a really great way. Like it gave me vocabulary for it, so therefore it made it practicable mm -hmm. as opposed to simply arbitrary. One of my students in Oakland said, because when we worked through it, he goes, oh, once you define it, it exists. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's legit. Right. Like I went, oh, this is the thing. So this way I've been thinking about, you know, at that point, very much ensemble improv stuff, because that was the, the thick of everything I was doing at that point. I went, oh, it's a thing. It has words to describe it, and therefore it's examinable. Repeatable? To a certain extent, repeatable, and right. most importantly, practicable in chunks. Fucking A. Right. It is I can do this one thing and work right. on this one thing and not worry about the other ones and figure this, like, investigate this thing and then almost like sports practice, right? Of well, you're Right, right. The foundation. Drills. The foundation. But also the way that you described it was also great therapy. When you go to great therapy, you go into some, you go to the therapist and you go, oh, what the, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on, and the guy's going to go or the woman's going to go, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's look at this. Yeah. Let's just look at that. And then what you realize is, oh, that's that, but that's also attached to all these other things too, which is what viewpoints is. You know, again, like when you deal with kinesthetic response, you go, oh, there's something called kinesthetic response. And then you realize, oh, everything's fucking. Yeah, I'm doing that all the time. I'm doing it all the time. But now I'm aware of it. Absolutely. So the moment, and for me, I, you know, I, uh, for me, the idea of what can I, what can I expose myself, teach myself that will make me not a better anything, but a more mind, not a better anything, but a mindful human being, an aware human being, a present human being. And, and so when we talk about, uh, uh, uh Paisley, you know, mm -hmm. looking at that, that happened in your life in order for you to be inspired, then we start really looking at things in a way where it's like, I'm alive, I'm here right now. And I think that's a, I think, you know, acting class, improv class on stage, like in pretend land, to whatever extent it is, I feel like that's a, I don't want to say safer, but maybe place to, to examine stuff for well, me anyway. It really like, is because it's a sanctuary because the moment that you come in there, it's all, if everything is play, all, if everything is always play, if you're looking at your life and saying everything is always play, then there's nothing that's not going to be interesting or mm -hmm. fun because your life is all about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that they're, that they're inseparable. Exactly. But for some reason, that container of it's rehearsal or it's class or it's a run of a show or a night of a show, for me, has always felt like I can confront what's going on outside that context more easily because the stakes are a little bit different. Right. And then take it from there and send it out into the other stuff. For me, Absolutely. it works that way. It doesn't work as well the other way. I'm not the, trying to bring my life on stage. Well, I have to say. On purpose. I, I, well, not on purpose, but <clears> there have been happens. times. Well, it happens. It clearly it's happens. Inevitable. It happens all the time. And the thing is, like, the, to know the difference, when you're younger, you're going, oh, uh, is improv psychotherapy. And then you realize as you let go of things and you go, oh, I'm here with, I'm here with my partner right now. Oh, wait a minute. I just mentioned something, a restaurant that I went to, yeah. or a meal that I just had, or a movie that I just saw, and you go, oh, all that stuff is seeping in. The stuff that seeps out for me is the confrontation of, the confrontation of things that I'm going through in my life that somehow end up uh, appearing in an improv scene, and then stepping back and going, what does that mean? How did that feel? Mm -hmm. What did that say to my life? So that's why, for me, improvisation is closer to dream, because when we're exam our dreams are popping those things in, then it is fiction. Closer to dream thing. That's cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because the idea there is again, this is not my lovely house. This is not my lovely wife. My God, what have I done? You know, that thing was like, oh, this is my this is my lovely house. This is my lovely wife. Wait, that's not my lovely house. That's not my lovely wife. But that's my lovely house, and, and that's yet, my lovely yeah. wife. You know, looking at that. That transparency is amazing. I think. And it's what what, I what like. do you mean? Well, self and imaginary selves, like versions of. I yes. Think. That's I love. That's what I like watching. Whether it's scripted or unscripted, I think that's the most attractive thing to me is where I go. That is somehow simultaneously this imaginary pretend land, but also undeniably also that human being. Absolutely. Laid right over. Like you're seeing right through 
to some sort of soul of it. Sure. And that's magic. What I've been thinking about lately, it goes along the lines of what it is that you're saying. What I've been thinking about lately is the idea of um, it's all process. Mm-hmm. Everything that we're doing, we're watching process. Mm-hmm. We're watching these two people in process. The product is the process. We're going to watch improv. That's the product. But while we watch improv, the product is not the end. The product is the process. And the process being, I'm sitting watching that show, watching these two entities live within that which you just described Mm -hmm. and watching them interact in a pretend land, but watching them interact in a pretend land, going through their process of these two characters within that pretend land and to see where the fuck it goes. Yeah. that's exciting. And at the same time, I think what's so enjoyable about seeing either groups or duos or you know, actors over repeatedly is you get this great sense of, I'm also watching them in their life as an artist. Like The process too. Yeah. You're watching the process of the actor being process of the character, but you're also watching the process of the actor process being a character and an actor. And I think that's also a great thing when, you know, in terms of teaching, like it's awesome to watch someone two, three years after you had them in class and go like, I still see the, student I had, but I see the actor they've become in this really great way, and I find that humbling and great. I find all of it humbling. I find all of it humbling. I just had another, today I got an email from a woman who is a well-known, you know, I don't want to sound like, she's, she's, she, I, I read this letter, this email, she's coming to my class for two or three, two years, uh, two years, year and a half, whatever the fuck it's been, and she says, you know, you do a lot of exercises where you have to get, you have to, re- you know, it's it's based upon shape. What is the relationship that we have based upon shape? You're in duration of shape. What is it that Eric's telling me right now based upon that shape? And she goes, I don't know these people, so I can't get intimate in that way. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? That's called improvisation. Well, there's all that. That's the, but that's that big thing I always feel like is the miscommunication of I'm not asking you to be correct about it. I'm not asking you to pin it. I'm asking you to receive it and speak as specifically as you can. Best guess given the circumstance of what the hell's going on. Right. But there's this poison, right, of I got to get it right. And there's also the idea of, uh, also the idea of I don't know this person. I don't and have it's like, yeah. You're not right. Right. And here's like in, but what, what I do in traveling around the world, w- literally around the world, working with people that I don't know. I did a, a scene with Glenn Hall. Do you know Glenn Hall? Mm-mm. Neither did I. You know him as well as I knew him the moment before I went up on stage with him and did a 45-minute show. So all that I'm going to do is, what is he doing? What shape is he in? Right, What's right, his right. spatial relationship? What tempo is he having? Where, you know, what, what, how is he using topography? And looking at all that and going, none of the other fucking bullshit matters of who he is or what he's done. It was a great show. Mm-hmm. But to be able to open ourselves up and say, I am receiving that which is just in front. I'm receiving that which is just in front of me, or I am just receiving that which is just in front of me. In other words, I don't care who the fuck you are. Well, no, because that's not what's actually, you know what I mean? Like you can't, I don't know, this feels like a rabbit hole of, isn't the most essential version of who he is, that which is in front of you and not that which he was five minutes ago? I mean, I. That sounds really it's, no, but it's, tricky, it's abs- but that's actually the truth. But it's abs- absolutely the truth. So when I see somebody, I don't say, if they say, hi, I'm Dave Rosowski, and then sit around waiting for you to fucking hand me your autobiography. You know what I mean? If somebody introduces yeah. themselves to me, I'm like, okay, um, before we have any kind of conversation, uh, who are you? What have you done? What school have you gone to? It's like, I'm not interested in any of that. But that's all, all essentially the question of who were you, as opposed to who are you? Say, say that's again. essentially, uh, you know, all that crap is who were you? Oh, absolutely. And who before. were you? Right. Which is cool because it absolves you from being responsible for knowing all that crap. But a lot of people, I've got, I've got, I have dropped your voice. Yeah, I'm full of all these ex-girlfriends. But an, an ex-girlfriend <laughs> of mine says, um, and I'm like, that's why I can't go on with her anymore. Is the idea of I need my past to tell me who I presently am, and I go, wow, really? Or when you and I broke up, you did this, this, and this to me. It's like, okay, we were having a lovely conversation until you brought that up. Yeah. Well, I have to resolve things. It's like your closure is your closure. But right now, I'm dealing with you in this moment right now. And it's not me not wanting to be empathetic or sympathetic to whatever it is that you're fucking going through right now. But at the end of the day, what I see in front of me is what it is that's there. 
what I see in front of me is what it is. And I think that's that, to go back to that student you were talking about, I think that's the essential thing, which is what I see. Like, but, giving yourself permission to be like, what I see is, the, is my version of whatever the truth is, lowercase t. Right. right. And that responsibility for capital T truth is overwhelming, burdensome. Religious. puts us in our head and, yeah. Right. right. Of like, it has to be the truth. As opposed right. to a truth. A truth is far more interesting. Right. A truth, because a truth is your truth. Right. The and then truth. we can move forward in our, our truths, lowercase, right. for a half an hour, and people will enjoy watching it. Or we'll just have a better time being with each other. <laughs> Clearly. Because if I have to say to you, okay, if you say the truth, I'm like, okay, wait, let's agree with the. What, let's agree with, let's define what the means. Well, it implies one, which is exactly. fucked up. Right. Right. And then, I don't know, that word. So if we say a truth, you get to have your truth, I get to have my truth, and sometimes that intersects, and sometimes it doesn't, and when it doesn't, it's motherfucking interesting. Yeah. Because we get to bounce off of each other. Exactly. And essentially, isn't that what every fucking play is about? One person's truth, and then another yeah. person's truth. Or any piece of fiction. Yeah. Or even, you look at anything that's around here, and you go, there's one dynamic being against another dynamic. You know, any of my, any of the artwork here, it's like the struggle against negative space. Mm -hmm. And positive, and negative space, positive space, I don't know what you call it. But an object living in negative space is fighting that, there's a pressure there going, shouldn't that be filled up? Shouldn't that be filled up? Over, shouldn't that be filled up over there? And thereby defining itself and the other thing. Right? Clearly. Yeah. And so what I think is interesting about the viewpoints is, um, and I've really been thinking about this lately, where uh, students always want to touch each other. And I'm like, let's, let's only touch each other when it's called for. Because the moment that you touch each other, the two shapes now become one shape. Mm -hmm. And it becomes, for me, something where it's like, you better know what the fuck you're doing right now. Because those two shapes were really dealing. They were specific. Now they're maybe not. Now we're... What's that? They were specific. Maybe now they're not. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They were in relationship to each other. Now there's just nothing in relationship to it. Which is cool, but it often feels like that's the end. Right. As opposed to the continuation. And exactly. The and that's, my, that's what I mean. Where If you have become one, know that you're not at the end. Know that that which is where you are right now... We're really going to know that that which is where you are right now. Please fast forward if you don't understand what I'm talking about. But know that that where you are right now, as one shape, you you are still in process. Sure, well, you're still is, moving. Is, I mean, I don't know. Like, when has anything stopped? Nothing stopped. I went on vacation a couple weeks ago, but oh, nothing stopped. Right. It was cool to ignore it for two weeks, but nothing stopped. Nothing stopped. And I think that a lot of people go, oh, I don't know what to do. And when I hear a student go <coughs> say, I don't know what to do, my joke is. Each class gets one, I don't know what to do, and you just blew it. So I'm not going to answer your question. Because first off, I don't know what to do. And it's what Alex, what Alex, I've heard Alex say, it's like, we keep fucking moving on. There is no end. The only time that you're ending is when you're dead, and we don't even know that that's right. going to be the fucking ending. Well, I don't know what to do, I think, is such a great thing to allow that to be what it is. If I don't you know what to say. Great. Right. Be there. Right. That's it. Say that. And that's it. But the ego says, I have to be somewhere. I have to have an answer. I have to have an answer. And sometimes the answer is, I don't have an answer. Which would be really good if more people said that when that was the truth. It's a truth. <laughs> the truth for them in that moment. I just mean, like, sort of... Right. I, don't, I have no answer. Yeah. I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, and maybe what just happened was I just realized that I don't know men. I don't know means I don't know, help me. But oh, if you say, what's that? That's interesting. Yeah. Especially in, that, in the classroom dynamic. Clearly. Because it almost always comes with looking away from the person they're in space with and towards the person sitting towards in space. the chair. Yeah. Well, right. I had a, a guy in this one class where he, there was this woman looking at him in just a way, and he said... Denise, so because everything that I do is based upon someone's shape. Mm -hmm. So one person says to another, Denise, you have to calm down. And I'm like, she looks calm to me. Denise, relax. It's like, you just said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Look at her face. Open up your heart. What's happening right now? Open up your heart. I want you to try something. I want you to try saying something lovely to her. You couldn't. Look at her face. Look at her skin. Look at her earrings. Say something lovely to her. We couldn't. But that struggle to try to find something just lovely to say, that's that, watchable. For me, 
it's, I found it to be infuriating. Right, something happened to you. Oh, something happened to me, but I wanted him to have that breakthrough. Yeah. Right? And that, again, that's my thing. It's yeah. all my thing. But I wanted him to say, just dare to fail. Fucking dare to fail. Something. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Say something. And he just shut the fuck down. I'm like, come on, touch your face. Look at her skin. Be here. But I think these are two different things because I think this is interesting, which is the struggle to try to find something I find, at least in the abstract, compelling. The giving up and shutting down, I find that's, that's the part where it's like, ugh, what a wasted opportunity. That is the way that I was feeling because he, I watched him give up and just shut down. Yeah. And I watched him wall himself off and I felt like, and that's the struggle of the, of the, of the that's the struggle, that's the challenge of a teacher too. A teacher, a guide, a mentor, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it's going to be. It's like, whatever the fuck it is that's happening right now to you, I need for you to re- recognize the fact that you are in struggle and say, let's put that aside and let's open up what's happening to us right now. Mm-hmm. And I watched Kim Rubenstein and I watched Alex deal with shattering students and, uh, and Evelyn Case deal with shattering students. And I watched these master teachers grab these students and go, what's my name? What the fuck is my name? Mm-hmm. Tell me what that is. That's a wall. What's my name? Alexandra Billings. What is that? That's a wall. What, what, what do I have in my hand? You have a ball in your hand. What's your name? Tell me your name. Tell me your name. Be here right now. Be the fuck here right now. And I went, wow, that's how it works. Because where they are is not here. How do we get them here? By talking about facts and just grounding themselves. <sighs> yeah. And yet, it's like, you said a great thing to me once that I, that I carry, um, that I really liked, which was, uh, I'm putting my hands about two feet apart. And you said, this is a, your student's journey. And then you said, you're responsible for this much of it, which is my fingers are wet about half an inch. <laughs> half an inch right. And I liked that because it, it, it sort of absolved. It was a good shedding. It was a Gelman thing. Oh, no Gelman told me that. Gelman told me that because I watched Gelman in class, Michael Gelman. I watched him at an artistic new direction thing that we did out in the Catskills where I was pacing back and forth and back and forth and watching my all that work that I did during the day just fucking disappear because mm-hmm. the students weren't holding on to it. And then I watched his class do the same thing and Michael sitting in the chair going, ha, ha, ha. And then I said, Michael, how do you do it? And he said, and he did that arch and or that span. Yeah. And he said, I'm responsible for that. I was like, God damn it, dude. But I think what's cool about that and what was sort of simultaneously liberating and focusing about that paradigm shift was so if I'm responsible for that chunk then I need to really put all the energy there you got to make sure that that chunk that you that, that, you're, that you just yeah. described you're not looking at it really close so it looks like your span is two feet away right. but right but yeah. right so in my class and it's what you described earlier too it's the idea of today we're going to work on that which we're going to luxuriate in the fact that what we're going to do is first describe what how to say the word paisley that's going to be t- today's class and then we're going to look at a bunch of shapes for next week and then the week after that we're going to describe what those shapes which of those shapes is paisley do you understand what i mean mm-hmm. to be able to luxuriate in that and just go we're on this journey together and time and that's what I love about not teaching for somebody else, as I get to work on one thing at a time. For as long as it is compelling. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if I need to spend, because I think that form follows function in so many classes these days have 18 and 19 people in a three and a half hour class mm-hmm. with a 20 minute motherfucking break, which I don't take, and I go, nine things that I have to teach? That ain't going to happen. And so the students are walking away saying, I guess I've had edits. Well, I've been exposed to it, but I haven't experienced it. Right. Yeah. Like repetition being such a huge part of it. you got to get your reps in, man. Oh, absolutely. And what's interesting is a concept that one of my students said the other day. He goes, oh, so repetition is not redundancy. There you go. That's a big one. Look at that. Look at that big thing. <laughs> That's everything. Right? Yeah. Right. And that's everything. That's waking up every fucking day. Yeah. Because it's not replication, right? You're no. Not replicate. You can't. It's impossible. No. It's folly. So yes. let's do it again for the first time. It, so, I read something online where somebody says, 
every dinner that you have has to be a different dinner. You know, it's got to be different. But every breakfast that you have can be the same fucking breakfast for the rest of your life. I don't know what that means. That means that I can have oatmeal every day. Yeah, and but probably dinner, you're supposed to. Right, it's oatmeal for it's me. Oatmeal it's oatmeal. Yeah, I'm supposed to have oatmeal every day. I am, and I probably and I do for the most part. But dinner better not be tilapia every fucking oh, night. Tilapia is the worst fish. Yeah, but whatever. I'm just telling that. It's, no, but that's the worst fish. Yeah, because there's no omegas in it or something like that. No, it's just terrible tasting. Oh, I've I've learned to zhuzh it up, dude. I've fucking learned to zhuzh up some tilapia. Capers, capers. Put a crap ton of capers on it. There you go. Put a crap ton of capers on anything. I crap ton of capers. Capers. I think I bought a jar of capers, and it's lasted me fifteen years. I think I brought it from oh, Chicago. Eat, I eat a lot of capers. You do? Yeah. What do you do with the capers? Uh, For me, a lock sandwich has. I was capers. gonna say, there you go. Maybe I just eat a lot of locks. Right, we, we go through capers once a year. You buy a new jar of capers once a year? At least. Fuck, man. Um, but that's the only thing I can cook is capers. And you don't even cook capers. <laughs> I got to tell you, you can come. There's a jar where they make it already. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can get a jar. Oh. And it's usually a skinny jar, not like a fat jar. It's like yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. It's a caper jar. That's a it's berry? A caper berry? Is that what they are? Uh, caper tree? Yeah. A caper bush. bush. I would imagine they're a bush, like yeah. a juniper bush. Yeah. Oh, sure. They must be related to the juniper. What do you think gin is made out of? It is. Are you a ginner? Not really. I used to be. My grandfather drank gin and told me not to because uh, we have hypoglycemia in our family and the sugar content is apparently very high. So he told me to, this piece of advice he gave me, drink vodka, not gin. Isn't it interesting when some people say one thing and it sticks with you for the rest of your fucking life? Yeah. I've mentioned it before. When I was 17, Maury Smith was with me in the car and I went to a, a gas station. I said, I got to wash the windows. And as I'm getting out of the car, he cursed me with this line. Dave Rosowski always needs to have clean windshields. <laughs> I do not stop at a gas station where I don't fucking think of that stupid fucking line all the time. Was it just an assessment? It was just him. It was a throwaway. Yeah. Right before he lit a cigarette or where the fuck it was going to be. Yeah. Like Dave Rosowski always needs like, whether he meant it or not, he doesn't remember. But he cursed me from that The problem forward. with that statement is always... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's the, that's the problem with any statement that you right. say always or never. Yeah. Then you're like, is that true? Right. Because if it was it. Dave Rosowski often needs clean windows, you would never have thought of it again. No. Right. It's always. Right. Um, my thing uh, this year was, is this statement. It's just an infuriating fucking statement. Uh, tell me something you absolutely know. I know that the, there are lighthouses. You don't know that. Am I supposed to respond to that? I don't know. Didn't in that moment where you go, wait a minute, I think I've seen lighthouses. <laughs> oh, I see. The, you know, the, moment, the, little, the little flicker of doubt that happened. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, but I've been to it. <laughs> right? Maybe you dreamt that you were that one. I don't know. Oh boy. I can't Right, that's it. Where you go? You don't know that. That's the kind of crap I wake up at like four AM thinking of like Did what, I go to a lighthouse? Is well, what, what is what if this really is I mean it's a it's a trite existential thought, but it's a true one. Right? Of like, what if I'm wrong? What if green is blue? What the... Mm. That whole what fucking that? thing, right? When I was... So I was just in London, and so I was in the UK, I was in Ireland, I was in Northern Ireland. And um, and I took trains, long train rides. Sure. I took a bunch of long train rides. And one of the long train rides, we went through a tunnel, and I looked at my reflection in the window, and that was a big fucking mistake. Going, oh my God, I'm alone. What am I doing here? In a tunnel. In a tunnel. And there's a reflection of me. It's like, what the fuck am I doing in Northern Ireland in a tunnel? And it is, it's not necessarily existential angst, but it's that we live by ourselves. I think all improvisation is really an experience of, or any theater, is that, that existential experience. How is it that I look at the world from this moment? And I am in this having my own trip amongst what's happening. And so the so by putting it in a space where other people, it's the conversation, right? Like that's ultimately what we're doing, right? Like I'm, I'm putting my trip in a conversation with other people's trip. Exactly. Yeah. And now your trip is my trip, and then we walk away and we have our own trip. Yeah. And the idea that right now everything that I've ever experienced is still reverberating, and what I mean is. I went to Fort Fortnum and Mason, I'll just use it as an example, which is a department store in London. Mm -hmm. 
That's a thought I have. I'm not there anymore. But that's still going on. There's still people moving still, through that building. Still shopping. There are people shopping there. Yeah. That's happening right now. I don't know if they're open right now, but you know the idea of that that's happening. They're shopping. When I leave, like right now, that sound of the saw or whatever that mm-hmm. there's some guy that's there who doesn't even know my name, but he's affecting me right now. This is where my brain gets spun into butter. In a good way. In a good way. Well, it's what, what happens when I talk about um, when we're doing uh, when we're doing viewpoints, and I talk about uh, soft focus, and we and we're quiet, and then we listen to sounds that go on, and we go, okay, anybody hear a noise? And someone said that fan going around is a you know, there's a noise, and it's a fan. It's like what makes it a noise? What makes it a noise is you don't want you don't want it there. Does it make it disappear? So is, that the, is that a distinction between noise and sound? Then? Yes, exactly. Ah. A noise is you don't want it there, so you call it a noise. Does it make it disappear? No. Now you're aggravated more by it because you tagged it as something that's aggravating to you. And that's true of anything. So is it better to not be aggravated? Well, it's better to say it's just a sound. Like right now, that's a sound. And it's been going on since we've started our podcast. But if I wanted to go, what the fuck is with that noise? Why is he doing that now? Yeah, now we hate him. Now we hate him. As opposed to, my dad is a fucking tradesman. My dad has one of those things that make that sound. Saw. A saw, if you will. You don't know that. I Um, I, I assume it's a saw. Right, see? That's what I mean. Based on my sawing experience, which is still going on. (laughs) Exactly. Somewhere. I'm still sawing. Somewhere you are sawing. Somewhere you are sawing. But again, it's that idea of, like, what if I take that thing that is bothering me right now and don't call it something that's bothering me right now? Which is just a game that I play So do you consider yourself Buddhist? I consider myself follow. I, I, in a way, I do, but I don't. Yeah. You know, if somebody says wanted me to like, what are the again? Stamp? We're putting a stamp on it. So exactly. That's so but... at that moment, if you want to call it, yes, exactly. So if I want to call it that, there's certainly tenets of that yeah. where I go, oh, but it's the same thing that happened when when you experienced viewpoints was the same thing that happened when I experienced viewpoints, um, and it was that thing going. Oh my God, I've been doing this and there's a name for this yeah. and there's somebody that's doing that. That's the same thing that happened with Buddhism where I remember I was on my way to go to the uh, Santa Cruz Improv Festival. There was a bookstore at the American Airlines Terminal at, uh, at LAX. There was a book called Buddhism Plain and Simple. I picked it up. I read it. I started reading it going, oh fuck, this is all improv. Yeah. It's all fucking improv. And then it started seeping into my life and I'm looking at improv and I'm looking at the life and then suddenly these walls started coming down. Because someone else was saying, yeah, this is the thing. Like, what do you, this, what do you mean? A, well, what did the book offer? What did the book offer? What did the, the fact book, that it was in, in ink on paper offer? Uh, it said, um, where it is that you are is where exactly it is that you are. And you are worrying about something doesn't change it was at all. Was that clarifying because it was in a book? It was clarifying yeah. it was a book, but it also said, it talked about you're walking through a forest and you've got a, flat, a forest at night, and you have a flashlight, and the flashlight is on the is on the floor of the forest. You don't you don't shine it behind you. You don't shine it ahead of you. You shine it where it is that you are. And I thought that's exactly what improv is. Mm. Where it is that we're going, we don't know. Where it is that we were does not need to be illuminated. Where it is that we are needs to be illuminated because that's where we are. I just think it's interesting. Because I love, like, I love quotes. Because when someone says something in a more distilled or clear or somehow, I don't want to say truer, but a lot of times it feels like that, where I'm like, that is exactly the sentence that surmises a feeling. Yes. It's always just, I don't know, something reassuring about it being in a book or hearing someone else say it. Right. Okay, yeah. What's the phrase that you, you, there's a phrase that I quote, that I quote in class, every fucking class, and I always acknowledge the person that I quote. Do you have that? Like a beginning class? Or a class at the beginning. I feel like I say, uh, there's an artist in LA and I cannot remember her name, but she put these posters up all over. Silver Lake, Los Feliz area where I live. And this was probably three, four years ago. And they had this little picture of a bare chest. It's like a line drawing of a bare-chested male with a bear head screaming. And it just said, do you have everything you need? And they were like street art, and they were up everywhere. And I would walk around and see them, and that phrase somehow rooted super deeply. 
And did you do you quote this in your classes? I say you have everything you need a lot. And yeah. I, whenever uh, possible, attribute, but I can't remember this woman's name. Um, For me, there's there's, I just there's love that phrase. you know there was something that Jeff Perry said where he was talking about being in a class and a director said, "Jeff, you are enough." Oh, he told that story recently. It's a beautiful I think story. It was Austin Pendleton. I think that's what he said. It was being directed by him. Himself, oh yeah, is, maybe it was. Said, yeah, maybe it that's was. That's a really reassuring. It it, it resonates it, with so many of my students. Mm -hmm. Where I go, stop it. Whatever you're bringing in here, stop it. The moment doesn't need for you to fucking bring in another moment. They're just gonna fight. And uh, and so I I think about that. Quotes. I also think like that lovely Mark Sutton quote, lovely, it's not lovely, it's a Mark Sutton quote, where he says, nobody ever walks away from having watched an improv scene and says, <laughs> they fixed the bike. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody, like that phrase. Mm, yeah. And there's another thing, like I look at that and go, God, I fucking wish I said that. That's real good. And there's another one that Mick that. said in regards to Viola Spolin's book. And one of my students got really upset at this because he's such a Viola Spolin fan, which I understand and I can relate to. Um, he says, in relationship to Viola Spolin's book, Mick said, bring a book to that book. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I look at all those things. But all those quotes really spur me on. Certainly the one, you are enough, just chills everybody out. Because it really also makes you question, what is it that I'm doing that I don't need to do? That's, do you have everything you need? Of course I have everything. Right. I need. What is it that I'm, what did you just say? What is it that I'm doing that I don't need to be doing? What is it that I have, well, yeah, what is it that I'm doing that I don't need to be doing? Yeah, that's great what is it that I'm doing that I don't need to be doing? And I'm just doing it, and again, we go back to teaching, you know, don't deny, and you know, don't ask questions, don't talk about somebody who's not here. Like, why is it that I don't want to do that? Because I really, what am I doing? And so in that instance, what am I doing? I am putting a governor upon myself by not asking questions. I don't want to be doing that. When I'm working in don't. I mean, that's a big thing for oh, me. That's like, a, I'm working yeah. in don't as opposed to I'm working in do. And that's, I spent a lot of years in don't. Too many. What does that mean? I spent a lot of years avoiding things in hope that it would lead to work I was happy with and proud of. By avoiding what I thought bad work was as opposed to going towards what I thought good work was. Uh-huh. Like if I just, it's like, it's playing not to lose versus playing to win. It's playing not to lose versus playing to win. It's playing not to lose versus playing to win, right? I'm gonna play to, I'm gonna try to not lose. Right, I'm gonna try to not lose. That's rough. That is rough because there's don't. so much going on. It's all avoid and don't right. and, and, and change directions when it feels like it's heading towards the negative result as opposed to keep going forward when it feels like it's heading toward, I don't mean necessarily about results, but I don't know. That well, the results, big, sometimes that's the results are in the moment. What is it that I just got out of that? I said something that spurred this person on. So there is that result. That did happen. Yeah. But we're not looking at the result being, and then everybody stood up and cheered. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it just like just that, that, that shift is, yeah. I think, huge. No, I think that a lot, for me, I, I'm, I'm very aware of, I'm very aware of saying, giving notes that have an action. Sure as opposed to not have an action. Right. So to give a note that is don't do that is, if I'm gonna say give a note that don't do that, then I have to, my next note right after that has to be do what? Right, yeah, because I find myself saying don't and it, I, I tried to eliminate it entirely and I haven't been able to. No, yet. because but, it's because it's also one of those things, it's like it's more portable to go, that's gonna screw you 90% of the time. So maybe generally avoid it. But if you say generally avoid it, then you also say what it is that they should they, they need to steer toward. Right. Because if, if, uh, I've said this before, but it's the idea of the worst note that some teacher or anybody can give somebody else is like, get out of your head, period, end of paragraph. Because I want to go, shut the fuck up. I know I got to get the fuck out of my head. You're my guide. You're my teacher. Show you're me, my philosopher. Give me some ways to do that. Tell me yeah. where to go. Because yeah. if you say get out of my head, what are you telling me to get into? Yeah. Because to say get out of my head puts me out into what? Into whiteness? Into a, a, a psych? Into fucking where? But if you say get out of your head and, for example, get into your heart, it's like, oh, fuck, right? So the moment that I am trying to figure shit out, whatever the fuck that means, I get to go, what am I feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling that I don't have the answer. So what's my what's my... What's my text? My text is, I don't have the answer. Mm. That's it. Mm -hmm. That which is right in front of me is not anywhere but right in front of me. Mm -hmm. 
I hope they're not sawing children because I'm hearing children and I'm hearing saw. Those are a correlation, not a causal. See, people got to look at that. <laughs> That's a really good example. I'm hearing saws. I'm hearing, and I'm hearing saws, children. And I'm hearing children. But I'm not hearing children because I'm hearing saws. Right. They sound happy-ish. Well, you don't know who they're sawing. Ah. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Dunbar might be sawing. Oh, no. Might be being, being sawed. She was the first teacher that in my class she wore. She always wore these Victorian shirts, and we're going back to, I was eight, so 1967. What is a Victorian shirt? High-collar High lace? High-collar white lace Cameo? Thing. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Cameo right at, right, at the, right at the sternum, wherever the fucking cameo goes. And uh, the back of her shirt opened up, and I could see her bra. Oh, scandalous. And everybody was talking. And she was probably 69 or 70 years old at that time. And she was turning around and went, what is everybody laughing at? She felt a breeze in her back. And she's like, Really? <laughs> really? And I was like, oh, I'm six, going, you're talking about your underwear. Underwear's funny, though. Underwear is funny. Underwear is funny. Underwear's pretty funny. Underwear is funny. I've had a few dreams lately, and I mentioned the, that I am naked in front of a bunch of people, and I don't give a fuck. Well, look at that. Did you have those uh, in earlier in life, and you did? Did you ever naked dream? I never had like the naked at school dream. I have. I've had that. Yeah, I've never had that. I've had that. But it's, it, it really came, I, like I really had those dreams when I was on the road, when I was in Europe. Uh -huh. I had, I've had them a couple times in Europe. What the is idea, it about Europe? I, have my, I am no longer at my home. I am now in another country. Oh, I see. And, and it was interesting because in the dream, I'm naked in an art gallery describing artwork. There's just so much shit going on right there. So, and then I, would, I wake up going, oh, what's that about? And I'm like, oh, that means I don't give a fuck what you think about what it is that I'm doing. With all yeah. due respect. No, well, that... Mm. How could we do what it is that we do if we think about what it is that other people think about what it is that we do? It seems like a lot to do so simultaneously. <laughs> to like oh try, God, to do, so try to much. do the thing I'm doing, but also... Worry. Well, I remember us, you and I being on stage at Monterey and that wide stage and all the scenes that we're doing and like, ev like thinking about, look how wide this is. We're mic'd. There's cameras going on, or the camera that was that was capturing what it is that we're doing. We've got students here. They're all you know wondering what it is that we're going to be doing. And to think about all that as opposed to you and I are sitting in chairs looking at what is perceptively what we what we've called the, the Manhattan skyline. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather do the second thing. Yeah. I don't know how to do the first thing, really. Not I anymore. Carry, I don't think you know how to do it anymore. That, yeah. I think you did know how to do it at one time. Well, I think at one time I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. I thought I was supposed to be responsible for everybody's experience. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, right, oh, right. I, God, I have to make this happen for them because they're the audience. Right. And now it's like... Oh, they're just here because they want to see what happens. <gasps> They've decided this is worth their time. That's not on me. No, that's not on me. That's not. You decided that this is what you want to do with your time. I'm just offering it. Yeah. If you want to come here, that's great. Yeah, you can be in the room. <laughs> I'm happier here. I am happier here. But let's I just like say. what happens when you're here. Exactly. Now, here's another thing. Whether you're here or not. Probably I'm going to do this. Yeah, probably, because I drove over. Right. And, and here's over. another thing. A bunch of people got together and said, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah. yeah. And this other person's here, and I like this thing. Yeah. So we're probably going to do it. Yeah. But it's nicer when there's a lot of you. Yeah. Oh, it really is. Do you have a big house when you do the reckoning? We're getting there. Yeah. It's been really nice the last year, almost. Yeah. Um, it's been great. People have been vibing with uh, What night is that? It's Thursday night. Oh, right. At what time? 10 p.m. That's a late thing. Iowa West. Right. Uh, and then you have Cook County. Cook County's been with us, which is, that's a great. I talked to one of the guys afterwards. Tall guys guy. Are great. Greg? Uh, yeah, Greg. Greg has? Yeah, Greg. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, he introduced himself to me. I was like, ah, oh, because I've heard so much about those guys. Those guys are great. So a bunch of guys get together with, a bunch of people get together with a bunch of people. And they go, we're going to do this. And when you go, we're going to do this. We're going to say yes to everything that's happening and on our own level. And we're going to have, we're going to, and we're going to put it in front of the group of people. Uh, hopefully, they're going to come. And if they don't come, we're still going to have a fucking good time. Yeah. Yep. And the more that I think about what it is, and when I hear people say, "Oh, but yeah," but the audience is like, "No, no, 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 no." Do you guys take suggestions? We do. We take one. Uh huh. At the top. Uh huh. And you know, riff. Right. And 
because that group of people the reckoning we've known each other for so long at this point that transparency is really there of we are trying to surprise each other as humans in as i would say 85 percent of the show is that and 15 percent of it is trying to make scenes happen <laughs> right right you but know? you're with each other but we're with each i think we're really with each other yeah and i think we're really with i think we're really aware of the fact that there is a lot of shows under our belt at this point with right. that particular combo platter of people right and the others who aren't in la right now but i think there's a real effort to throw curveballs to shake it up yes and but to not keep us on our toes and to keep and to use the exposure that is having an audience there to find opportunities to, for risk. And also know that what it is that you're doing is being seen by who it is that, by who it is that you're doing it with. Right. Because lately a big thing for me is the, the idea that when I'm working, and it's like when you and I are doing, a, when we're doing a two-person show together, when we've done a two-person show together, I know that you know that I know that you know what I'm doing. And that's fucking huge. It's huge. Yeah. And it provides a little bit of permission to go like, cool, now I'm going to, I know that you know, and then I'm going to mess with it just a hair. Exactly. And you're going to mess with it just a hair, and you know that I know that you've just messed with it just a hair. And that conversation that takes place below the conversation is Absolutely. the most enjoyable thing in the world. And that's the whole reason to do everything is to say that person with whom I'm on stage knows me and sees me and is not bringing in anything other than that flashlight on that ground mm -hmm. at that time and we're seeing it together for me that's the thing that i'm glad i kept doing this to get to the point where that's a part of performance which is what that sub conversation between the actors absolutely um, i know what you expect i know what the expected move is mm -hmm. i'm gonna do a different one because i know that's what you want you don't know what you want, but I know you want not the obvious thing. <laughs> because that's why we're still doing it. Exactly. Right? It's like, we've done the roommate scene enough times to never need to do that roommate scene again. Right. So right. we're going to go into the roommate scene, and it's going to look and feel and smell like a roommate scene, and right. then something's going to happen that completely undermines that. And cliche. at that moment, we're both, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this word because I think that this is appropriate, there's fear right at that moment too of going, Wow, that just happened. That kind of scared me what you just yeah. did. That kind of scared me what you just did. And so at that moment, we have this relationship with fear that is also tinged with joy, expectation, and that fear is the thing that inspires, pardon me, that, th that fear is that thing that inspires us to go, oh, I'm not going to shy away from that fucking thing, as Alex would say, go to that thing. Yeah. Go to it. Go to it. Well, because isn't that the thing you got addicted to in the beginning? Right. So it's, you got to up the dose, man. Exactly. Okay, let's stop there. This is officially the longest podcast I've ever done. Is it really? Yeah. Thank sorry. You. No. Sorry. What are you fucking <laughs> sorry? That's dumb to be sorry. Thank you. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski.